Rolling along here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, Andy McNamara with you till 1 o'clock. Then it's the Scott MacArthur Show as we head into the Labor Day long weekend. NFL Talk coming up at 1220 with Andrew Garda from Pro Football Weekly. Get back into our Leafs and Raptors poll. But the ongoing, it seems like it's never-ending. Colin Kaepernick versus the NFL situation, right? About, well, the uh, that started all the way back, of course, with Kaepernick starting the, the kneeling during the National Anthem to create awareness. Well, it looks like his grievance, which essentially comes down to collusion, right? To uh, Kaepernick, the grievance against the NFL, it is going to trial. So uh, the league, the NFL requested to throw out the quarterbacks claims this is via ESPN that the owners conspired to keep him out of the league because of his protests of social injustices. So this will be going ahead to trial, which is very interesting. But Monty Jones was on Landsberg in the morning earlier and said, hey, you know what? Colin Kaepernick actually has a strong case. There's a number of guys that are going to be interested to see. You know, Jerry Jones it was it was a guy who um, was definitely questioned, and as always, a guy who makes some noise. Um, you know, Bob McNair is another guy that was questioned. Um, would like to see him on there because he was very. Um, you know, those two guys have been very strong against the national anthem, um, and uh, the the other guys, maybe Steve Bashotti from the the Baltimore Ravens, a team that really had quarterback needs and refused to work out Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, just like the Houston Texans, they refused to work him out even after Deshaun Watson went down and they needed a starting caliber quarterback. Um, and Roger Goodell. I mean, all these guys, they are going to, they've been under the microscope behind the scenes. We really um, are, I think, looking anxiously and very intently to see what happens with this case here. I think that Colin Kaepernick does have a strong um, case for collusion. I don't think that means that he played in the NFL again, but I think that he can win this case. Bamani Jones on Landsberg in the morning that Kaepernick does have a case, and it is going ahead to trial. The situation with Kaepernick is interesting on, from the football side of it in that I think you can equate it to the Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson situation. However, you have Ray Rice with the video, which obviously is the most damning. But Ray Rice was on his way down from the Baltimore Ravens. He wasn't at the peak anymore. You can make an argument he wasn't even really going to be the regular starter that next season. The disgusting video comes out, hitting his then fiance in the elevator, the footage, just still blows me away. He's done, right? Rightfully so. You are gone. Ray Rice, never to be heard of again. Now, Adrian Peterson, no video, but whipped his four-year-old son with a stick until he bled. Adrian Peterson gets suspended, but because he, at that time, was still at the top of his game, is welcome back. My point being, if you can still play at a high level, you'll be welcome back. Like, if Tom Brady was taking a knee, he would be welcome back. They would figure it out. Somebody would take a chance on him. For Colin Kaepernick, he was already on the decline. He was already approaching backup status. He wasn't at a starting quarterback level. He's at a backup level. Teams had figured him out. You pin Kaepernick, you make him throw. He's going to make mistakes. His body was already breaking down. He's getting injured. 
sacrificing his body too much. So the question then for NFL teams become, do I want an everyday distraction as my backup quarterback? Because the team will be asked about it. Other players will be asked about it. Management every single day will be about Colin Kaepernick. And do you want that distraction? That's where it comes down to to me. If Kaepernick was still an elite-level quarterback, I think you'd be in the NFL. I really do. But this is going to be fascinating to follow. Because if they can prove collusion between ownership and the league, I wonder what type of settlement that Colin Kaepernick will be entitled to. Like, that'll... Boy. I'm sure it'll be dragged out and appealed and all that good stuff. But uh, So there you go. That will proceed to trial Colin Kaepernick versus the NFL. Now, when we get to on-the-field storylines here. The Seattle Seahawks, very intriguing this year to me because you have the Legion of Boom gone. Richard Sherman's gone. The the, the whole crew that looked like they were going to be on an extended run forever, that nasty defense dismantled. They're in a retooling phase. You still have Russell Wilson, but the offensive line still isn't great. The receiving weapons aren't great. You drafted a guy in the first round, Shard Penny, who's injury-prone and Good, but to me, he's still somebody you can't really rely on because he's he's had an injury history. And again, with that offensive line, what really can you expect out of it? But ESPN was chatting about how, well, you know what? Uh, maybe don't write off the Seahawks just yet. They say that Seattle could be a sleeper this season. We are days, literally days now away from the start of the regular season. So a perfect time to ask this question. Which player or coach or team, whatever storyline you like, what's the most intriguing to you? Keeping a close eye on Mitch Trubisky, last year's number two overall pick, second season in Chicago. Players often make their biggest leap between year one and year two. So much better infrastructure around him this year. Beefed up pass catchers, new offensive coordinator and head coach, and a better offensive system. But what kind of strides does he make himself in it season. was a priority for this new regime to get him to get the pieces in place around him. Now we'll see. Dan? Kirk Cousins. I mean, Woo. Minnesota was hey, not broken and they chose to fix it. And they went with a guy, Kirk Cousins, who's never had the talent that he has now in Minnesota around him. And this is a plan that he set in motion years ago. He was going to get himself out of Washington to a place that he thought, I can go win a Super Bowl. It's Minnesota. He chose them. They chose him. I'm keeping my eye completely locked on them. Best way I've heard it put. It wasn't broken and they chose to fix it. I love it. Lewis? Yeah, the question for me is, is Joe Flacco elite? Is he really? We're going to find out this year, right? That's what a lot of people want to know. They really did a good job. You want to talk about building up infrastructure around the guy. He has no excuses this year. He has weapons on the perimeter. He has a different has different types of weapons. He has a possession guy, Michael Crabtree, an intermediate range guy, and he has the deep threat in John Brown. He has young tight ends. Although Hayden Hurst is hurt right now, he will be back at the at maybe the you know the second month of the season. He has a strong running game. The offensive line needs to continue to develop. You know they play great defense in Baltimore. Baltimore cannot be counted out as a potential wild card team and Pittsburgh better be on top of their game. I think Baltimore is going to be the breakout team this year. And then there's the rookie quarterbacks. I'm watching Sam Darnold. Didn't think he'd be the man in the short term for the Jets, but he just might be. So there you go, the ESPN panel talking about everything except for the Seattle Seahawks there, but some interesting stuff to follow as far as Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears with a new head coach with Matt Nagy, the offensive mind coming over from Kansas City. I just think in that division, that NFC North, when you got Aaron Rodgers coming back, you have the Detroit Lions making some improvements. You have the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears have got to be the odd man out, right? Like they, they, they've got to be 
the team that they might make some improvements. They might take a bit of a step forward, but Mitch Trubisky is still largely unknown. And I think it's going to come down to the creativity of a Matt Nagy there as to what they can do. But with the Seahawks and the way that that division works out, I think when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, you always have a chance. Right, you always have a chance to be in games. He's so creative for, for what he's been able to do with so little around him. Uh, getting the running game going is vital. If you can get that running game going, when were the Seahawks at their best? Well, you had the dominant defense, of course. But you had Marshawn Lynch in the back. You had that one-two punch. You had the running game complementing the passing game, and they were a dominant running team, and Russell Wilson was able to do the rest. If you can get back to some semblance of that, it has been a wasteland for running backs since Marshawn Lynch left the Seattle Seahawks. A wasteland. You got Penny in, as I said, injury prone, but he can be dynamic. And the rest of that division, the Rams are the class of the the division. They've added a whole bunch of Jared Goff again. Yep, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Todd Gurley's a monster. Arizona Cardinals, I think, are going to be terrible. San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo are going to improve. But the Seahawks have a chance, if they can find that run-throw blend on offense and be good enough on defense to work for a wild-card spot. I don't think you're taking the NFC West by any means. But you can certainly sneak in if you have a step back by a couple other teams. But I'm, I'm still I'm not buying them. 0-4 in the preseason, you know, it doesn't mean a whole lot. But I'm not buying the Seattle Seahawks this year. I think they actually finish third. The Cardinals finish last. And I'll go Rams and then 49ers with really the 49ers kind of pushing that next level up there. So I'll have a whole lot more on TSN 4 Downs tomorrow, every Saturday at 11 a.m. Uh, we'll talk some sports odds, too. Some, some betting action going in to the regular season. Talk some fantasy football there as well. And all the top storylines, the trades, the Aaron, Aaron Rodgers contract, right? Teddy Bridgewater headed to New Orleans and all that. So that's going to be 11 a.m. Saturday here on TSN 1050. Let's get back to our Twitter poll, our Leafs and Raptors poll. At TSN 1050 Radio, you can vote at AndyMC81. After the moves the Raptors and Leafs made this summer and expectations at an all-time high, what's more likely to happen this season? Leafs make the Cup Finals, Raptors in the NBA Finals, Leafs and Raps make the Finals, or neither make the Finals. Let's bring in producer Joe Narsa. Joe... The leader in the clubhouse of our poll is neither make the finals. They've overtaken the Leafs make the cup finals. 40% saying that neither will make the finals. that surprise you at all? No, but uh, I also find it funny that every time you call to get me on, you sound like my parents asking Joe. what I'm doing. Joe! Well, I don't know what you're doing back there. <laughs> right? I never know what he's doing. I can, I can see it like, through the glass, folks. I'll take you behind. We're breaking the fourth wall here. There's glass, but there's light, so it's kind of a glaze. So I can kind of just see Joe's like floating head. I think our glass is tinted as well. It might be. It might be a little tinted. But I don't know what you're looking at, what you're doing. So, Or your hands. I, I don't know. My hands? I don't, uh, he I don't know. He never knows what he's doing No one knows. They're everywhere. Um, you know what? <laughs> I can understand why there's the thought of neither making the finals, because that's an... It's an impressive feat nowadays to even make the finals, and especially in the NHL, we talked about it having parity, and the NBA talking about having to get through a Goliath, and although the Raptors now are a lot better of a match with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup, it's still going to take a lot to get through You know, Kyrie Irving, and the Boston Celtics look like a good team, even without Irving and uh, Hayward. So if both are healthy... 
they're an even tougher squad to deal with. Mm-hmm. But we can look at it as 40% neither, but it can also be 60% one of them is going to. Yeah, it's as you said, it is so tough to actually get there. But I still believe the Leafs have more hurdles to get past than the Raptors do, where the main contender is the Celtics. But yeah, you got Philly there rising, Milwaukee rising, right? Indy, they can be tricky too. Washington's always been tricky for the team. So there are there, but I think if the, the big unknown with Kawhi Leonard, if that goes then the Raptors have as good a chance as any. Because, Joe, the Celtics are going to have to reinvent themselves from last year because they were without Hayward and Irving, and they had success. So now the guys who rose up are going to have to take a different role while those two stars come back in, and that might take some time. Yeah, and also all the in, like all the information coming about Kawhi Leonard in the offseason is he's looked fantastic. Yeah, He looks like the same guy who was a superstar the last two years until he got hurt and hasn't been playing much. He looks healthy and ready to go. He's excited. All of those things are a huge positive. And other than Kawhi Leonard, though, the question mark for the Raptors is going to be, can Kyle Lowry do enough this season to be a big number two on that roster? And who is the third guy who's going to be able to help out there? Because we learned in the last two years that it's not going to be Serge Ibaka. He's not no. that type of third game-changing player that the Raptors needed. Yes, it's going to be different as well. Kawhi Leonard has the opportunity of stretching the floor. He can shoot the three. He's a bigger... So dominant on D. Yeah, and he's a, it's interesting because he's almost like a small big man. And it's insane what he can do with his size. And he's not a mismatch ever when he's playing in his position, which I think is solid. It's The Raptors have... I think the Raptors may have, outside of Kawhi Leonard, a few more question marks than the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs' only question mark is the back end. Well, that and you have players coming in in John Tavares who have been at a high level, who had a great year last year. We're projecting for Kawhi Leonard what he was two years ago. Yeah. Pre-injury. And also happy. Uh, that's and happy, yeah. And that's something has, that's been the biggest conversation around Kawhi Leonard. It's been, well, is he going to be happy? Is this somewhere he wants to be? How is he going to mentally like play in this season? And that's going to be probably the biggest focus in the first few weeks when we see Kawhi Leonard and when we see how he reacts and how he accepts the city. I would have to think, Joe, like from Kawhi Leonard, just from a business and career standpoint, like it or not that he's here, he knows, and I'll use the Isaiah Thomas example, different type of player I know, but this is a guy who is primed to get a max deal, was terrible in Cleveland last year, was a non-factor, injury-prone again, and now the guy's on like he's he's on a prove it deal. It can, if you're bad for two years, there's no big money guarantee for Kawhi Leonard. So he's got to be playing for himself. And if he does and puts up big numbers and shows he's an MVP candidate, even if it's just for himself, then everybody benefits with the Raptors. Yeah, absolutely. And also Kawhi Leonard might look at the Raptors as right now this weird situation, but it might end up being the perfect situation because Kawhi Leonard doesn't like to be in the spotlight. Well, you definitely better not be in the Los Angeles Laker. Yeah. And, and don't get and the conversation around the Clippers as well. You don't think people would care about the Clippers a lot more if Kawhi Leonard's there trying to battle it out against King James and his team he grew up loving? Like, the storyline there is insane. Intercity, yeah. Storylines? Come on. Whereas here, he has a country that backs him, that ultimately basketball, for a grow, like for a fan base, not the actual sport being played in the country, but yeah, for yeah. a fan base, comes secondary to everybody's NHL team in hockey. And he has a understanding and intelligent fan base. And a city where that's technically, other than Kawhi Leonard, is going to be off the grid. I mean, 
if you know if Serge Ibaka has a great game, he's not going to lead Sports Center no. in New York. It's going to be about Kawhi. Exactly. Who Kawhi's playing? How's Kawhi doing? Exactly. How's he coming back from injury? So it'll be uh, boy. Both are going to be starting up real soon. Oh, it's going to be fun. So we head into the Labor Day weekend. We're going to step aside some NFL talk with Andrew Garter from Pro Football Weekly coming up next here on Toronto Today. Andy McNamara with you on this Friday heading into the Labor Day long weekend. TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. On Instagram at AndyMCSports. Talk a little NFL, a little fantasy football. It's the week four, the final week of the NFL preseason is wrapping up, which means that this Sunday will be the last Sunday without NFL football, without regular season NFL football, and then we get into full swing, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. And let's bring in our next guest, Andrew Garda, NFL writer from Pro Football Weekly. Andrew, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going pretty good. I think we've just, I, I think we're all okay. We got through the preseason, yes. we're all alive. <laughs> That's just perfect. We did it. We did it, yes. <laughs> and Andrew, as people, either they've just had their fantasy draft or they're having it this weekend, let's go over a few tips and then we'll head into some more general NFL talk here. But when you look at quarterback value and and quarterbacks that some, some people might sleep on but who can give a really good return, uh, you, you know, you get through the Bradys, the Rodgers and all that. Where do you put that next wave? Let's say like an Alex Smith, a Phil Rivers, even a Matt Ryan, who I think is being really undervalued after a bit of a back year last season. Where are you putting guys like that? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned Alex Smith, but uh, but guys like him, guys like uh, even a Matt Stafford, yeah. people tend to look uh, the opposite way for them. Average draft position on uh, on a guy like Alex Smith right now uh, is about the 19th quarterback off the board. Mm-hmm. and uh, And to me... You know, listen, he's not a guy who's going to win you. you know, he's not going to put up, like, 50 points very often. You know, he's not Aaron Rodgers it. Uh, he's not going to give you the extra bonus with his legs that Deshaun Watson might. But I think Alex Smith, very solid quarterback, too, or a very solid part of a quarterback by committee. I mean, if you're picking it up, if he's going off the board at the 19th overall quarterback, you're probably getting him somewhere 12th, 13th, maybe even 14th round, and I think that's some pretty good value. Uh, I think a guy like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo right now is – I know San Francisco is excited by him, but I think he could actually do really well also. Uh, he's going off the board right now as, a, as the 12th quarterback off the board. And, um, you know, you're able to get him somewhere in the ninth or 10th, sometimes the 11th round. So I think guys like that are really good. I think you mentioned Matt Ryan. Phillip Rivers is another guy who consistently is forgotten about by fantasy GMs. Um, they're at QB 13 and 14 right now in terms of overall, overall uh, quarterback ADP. Uh, that's average draft position, which I should probably have prefaced it because there might be people who are like, ADP, what, what is this? Is what is that? that? Isn't, that isn't that my payroll company? What is that? <laughs> They're paying me now. Um, but I think both of those guys, you know, I think people are going to overlook Ryan because last season was a b- bit of a step back. And I think people always over uh, uh, underestimate Phillip Rivers. I mean, he's a guy who... Listen, he, he again, he's not a guy who's going to put up, you know, those Russell Wilson type numbers, but Rivers is pretty solid year in year out. I mean, he's over 4,000 every year, gets you somewhere between 25 and 35 touchdowns and uh, he, he had an aberrational sort of interception amount in 2016, he had 21 interceptions, but year before was 13 and last year was just 10. I mean, it, He's a guy I think that a lot of people overlook and he's a great QB2 in my opinion with some upside 
to actually carry you through if something happens to your your top QB. But even if you decide, hey, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to run with these guys as my top quarterback and, you know, I'll have a good, solid backup, listen, you're getting value from other positions at this point. Yeah. You know, if you're not going to reach for an Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, guys who are going as early as, you know, the 20 year, the, sorry, I was going to say the 20th round, but I meant the uh, second round. <laughs> I'm thinking the 20th overall player off the board, you know. Uh, Deshaun Watson's even going in some in some my fantasy league drafts like the thirty first overall player. Oh. If you let that roll along, if you if you let that go, you can get a guy who like is like a Matt Stafford or a Matt Ryan or a Phil Rivers, and they're going to be able to put up good points. And meanwhile, you're just grabbing running back and wide receiver value. Yeah, and then stocking up there and still be able to get real good production out of the out of the quarterback position. Another value guy. I want to get your take on this. The Green Bay Packers, of course, making a lot of news this week. Aaron Rodgers with his sweet cowboy hat and stash, inking that massive extension. Uh, They're dealing Brett Hundley. He's gone to Seattle. Running back position, Aaron Jones suspended. Jamal Williams. It sounds, if you listen to the coaching staff, they're expecting big things out of this guy. And at only 23 years old, he's a bigger back, six feet two thirteen. He flashed last year. What do you think about picking up a Jamal Williams as a depth running back? I love Jamal Williams, and I think that's the perfect way to look at him. Uh, right now, his average draft position is about 34th running back off the board, and I think he can outperform that. Now, you may see a little bit more of a running back by committee when uh, Jones comes back, but you know, between being a little underwhelming in camp and, uh, you know, and even last season and being suspended, I think it's going to be a little harder for him to get on the field. Ty Montgomery is going to be more of a third down back. They'll definitely split some carries amongst the group, but I think Williams is is a guy who can do a lot of different things and he hasn't had a great preseason. So people aren't really thinking of him that much. Uh, You know, I, I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to notch a thousand yards for you, but when you have a depth guy, a guy you know you can plug in for bye week or any injury or something like that, it can get you a few yards every week, I think you're in pretty good shape. So if you pick him up around the spot where he's going right now, that 34th running back uh, or 93rd player overall, I think you're in pretty good shape. I think you can outproduce that a little bit. But if you're not betting on it, you know, you're looking at the ceiling. His floor is very stable. In conversation with Andrew Garda, NFL writer for Pro Football Weekly on Twitter at Andrew underscore Garda. And don't forget, folks, next Tuesday, September 4th, it's the return of Leafs Lunch right here on TSN 1050. Andrew, so we're talking about value guys and, and guys that will, you know, maybe make you smile when you, you pop them in as a depth guy or whatever. Who are you avoiding? Who's an overdrafted, overvalued guy going into this year? Oh, that's a really good question, you know, and, and it, it's one of those things where I, it can really make a huge difference in your overall draft. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I think one guy that I'm a little concerned with right now is uh, Doug Baldwin. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, he's a guy who's going as, uh, you know, around the 14th wide receiver off the board, so somewhere in the third, maybe fourth round. My concern with him right now is that he said he's about 80 85% healthy, He's going to have to manage his knee issue all season. Um, that he just said the other day on the 28th. I, I think he's a great receiver, and I think he's very, very good. My biggest concern with him right now is having to manage that knee. And then you add in the fact that while the offensive line is a little bit better this year, it's still not very good. 
Um, and they brought in guys like Brandon Marshall. You know, they've still got Tyler Lockett. This is going to be an offense that's going to pass Doug Baldwin a bunch. But I think because of the knee issues, because of the fact that he's going to have to, quote, manage it going forward, I think we may see a drop in his overall yardage production. Last year, he just missed 1,000 yards. I think this year it's going to be even a little bit less. So I I like Doug Baldwin generally. But right now his ADP of 14th wide receiver overall kind of scares me Mm. a little bit. So I'm fading Doug Baldwin pretty big in my drafts this year. And, Andrew, these are two names at running back that they just don't excite me. I'm reading sometimes good things, sometimes not, and I, I just cannot get excited for these two guys going into this season. Lamar Miller from the Texans and Marshawn Lynch for the Raiders. What are, Their average draft position is in the early 20s, 21, 22, 23, generally, for those guys. I, I just I can't get behind them. Where are you at with Lamar Miller and Deshaun Watson being back and then Marshawn Lynch, who's 32, and who the heck knows what they're doing with Gruden in Oakland? Yeah, I, you know, let's start with Marshawn Lynch. I think he's a good, like, flex back to right, pick right. up. But I don't think you can depend on him. No. And I think pretty much everybody in Oakland scares me right now. I mean, <laughs> Amari Cooper scares me. Derek Carr scares me. And it it's not because of them. It's not because of you, hon. It's because yeah. of me. No, it's, it's not because of them. It's because of Gruden. Like, I, I don't know if he's, like, playing a role, you know, or if he's really seriously trying to drag us back to 1985 football, and if that's the case, I just don't know that this is going to work out. I mean, I've had a bad feeling about Gruden since you know he started talking after he signed that contract. So I am I'm concerned about Marshawn Lynch. I think they'll lean on him a little bit, but there's enough other guys there, and Gruden is sketchy enough to where I'm a little worried about him. I'm just using him as a flex or an occasional bye week filler. Lamar Miller, to me, I, I get that you know they lost their quarterback early in the season and everything. But over the last four years, 2014 in Miami, he had a 5.1 yards per carry average. 2015, he had a 4.5 yards per carry average. In 2016 in Houston, he had a 4. Last year, he had a 3.7. And every year, his touchdowns have gone down. He had 8 in 2014-2015. He only had 5 in 2016. He had only 3 last year. Now, I think they're going to be better, and I think he could do better this year. But... I'm concerned about Miller. I'm worried that we've seen him trend in the wrong direction for too many years in a row. And on top of it, I mean, you look at this offense, and where is it going to go through, right? I mean, it's going to go through DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to go through Deshaun Watson. And, you know, you look at Donta Foreman, who if he can get on the field, this this team loves, loves that running back. If he can get healthy, he's going to eat in the Miller's uh, carries too. I am also fading Miller. I got, I didn't really like him last year, and I feel like I was proven right. I'm feeling, I'm not feeling too good about him this year either. I'm with you, Andrew. In conversation with Andrew Garda from Pro Football Weekly, FootballGuys.com. Uh, Andrew, let's get to uh, the actual or real-life NFL talk, I guess. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I know you liked him with the Jets being dealt to the Saints. One year left on the deal to sit behind Drew Brees. This is interesting because he's being kind of pegged as maybe the heir apparent, but he doesn't have a contract, and if Brees stays healthy, he's not going to see the field. So for a third-round pick, I think it's it's probably a, a smart move. You get a quality backup with something to prove in case something happens, but what do you think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be longer-term in New Orleans with essentially Drew Brees, who still plays every week. Yeah, that's really hard to know. Um, I think it gives them an opportunity to see him every day in practice, see him in the film room, all of that stuff. 
and, and kind of get a sense as to whether they want to try and lock him down a little bit more long term. Um, but it gives them, I, I think, in some respects, it was sort of that's a nice addition to the fact that now they have a backup that they can really trust because they saw what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Carson Wentz goes down, Nick Foles flounders for a little bit, but does enough to get him through the playoffs, then has a, a really good Super Bowl. So they're, you know, and. Teddy Bridgewater can play rings around Nick Foles even on one leg. So <laughs> I think, you know, I think it was a short-term move with long-term benefits because it gets them an opportunity to sit down, you know, analyze what Bridgewater brings to the table and then maybe, you know, see about possibly extending him. Now, of course, they can tag him. I don't really expect them to do that because that could be kind of expensive. I just don't know from Bridgewater's perspective at what point you know, he may go, I, I want to go somewhere where I can start. Yeah, I mean, prove I, he seemed to have proved enough in the preseason with the Jets. Um, they knew they were going with Sam Darnold. You know, I know Todd Bowles is hemming and hawing right now, but he's going with Sam Darnold. They're not going. If, if they were going with Josh McCown, they would have gone with Teddy Bridgewater. So they do, they do some good, they do a good job and get themselves a third round pick for Bridgewater. But Bridgewater is now beyond Drew Brees. Like you said, is Drew Brees going anywhere unless he really falls apart this year? I just don't see it. So I, 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 think, I think in some respects also this gives New Orleans an opportunity to sell, uh, sell Bridgewater on New Orleans long term. You know, yeah. sell him on the facility, sell him on the team, sell him on the process, sell him on Sean Payton, and then maybe they can convince him to stick around. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the offseason. Uh, even if he doesn't get an opportunity to play, I have to think that there may be teams that want to kick the tires for him. So it's going to be a, a matter of the Saints going, listen, George Brees is going to play, we think, for this many more years. You're our guy after that. Stick around. This is what we can offer you. Versus him maybe having to go through what he went through this year. You know, go on a team, fight for a starting position. And, but now he's got film. He may just not want to deal with that. Right. And for, for Bridgewater... And for the Saints, really, if they can convince him, hey, you know, let's say for fun, Drew Brees, one more year after this year, and then he's done. You're going to be able to sign him on a, a sweetheart deal if you feel that this guy's going to be a starting quarterback. Even if it's for a shorter-term deal, that's going to help out overall. And I think the, the, the two skill sets complement each other between Brees and Bridgewater. Smaller guys who can be elusive in the pocket with a good enough arm. So I think from the Saints, it's really a, a no-lose situation for them. Yeah, absolutely, in a lot of respects. And listen, Drew Brees went from 5,200 yards in 2016 to 4,300 yards in 2017, went from 37 touchdowns to 23. I mean, I'm not saying he's fallen off a cliff, but he's definitely on the wrong side of his career. You know, he's getting older. So I think there is an attraction. I think, he do, I think Bridgewater does fit well in the overall offense for the New Orleans Saints. And, and like you said, you know, at, listen, Bridgewater is young enough to where – they could come to an agreement between the Saints and Bridgewater where it's a long enough deal where it's worth for the Saints and, uh, and cheap enough to where they can keep him as a backup until Breeze is done, but also short enough to where maybe Bridgewater gets another bite at the apple down the road. I mean, if yeah. he performs well for the Saints, then he could become their franchise guy going forward, and then he can make much bigger money. And I think that's a win-win for both of them right now. I mean, maybe a three was a little bit steep to pay for a backup like that, but... At the end of the day, they wanted their guy. They went and got their guy. You know, the Saints are not a team that is so desperate for talent right now that they needed that three. And they probably have the guys they can flip down the road for more picks anyway. Exactly, exactly. And, and have that comfort of knowing you have a competent backup. Uh, Andrew, what can people expect to find on the At The Whistle podcast? 
All right. Well, so right now we're finishing up our tour around the NFL. Uh, Thursday's show was the NFC North, one of my personal favorites with the Packers and Minnesota Vikings. And on Tuesday, I wrap things up with the NFC West. And then um, Thursday will be our first full-on NFL show looking at uh, the games going into the week. And, of course, a lot of fantasy uh, questions and conversation there as well. And so uh, you can check that out on iTunes, Podbean, or Stitcher and subscribe. And if you hashtag whistle fantasy, then uh, I'll try and answer your question oh. on the air or at least get back to you on Twitter. And you can also follow me at Andrew underscore Garda and hit me up the old-fashioned way, which, you know, hashtags are not the old-fashioned way, right. but neither is Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're doing work for Pro Football Weekly and footballguys.com. Andrew, I know you're so busy. Thank you for taking the time, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Anytime, you know, I'll always make time for you. And I expect some of those fantasy questions you conveniently drop my way that have to uh, have to do with your team <laughs> yes. very soon. <laughs> what do you mean, Andrew? I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Sorry, I didn't mean Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Talk to you soon. Andrew Garda. That's from at not Andy. Uh, what should I do in my flex spot? That was Andrew Garda, NFL writer from Pro Football Weekly. Footballguys.com, as you heard, at the Whistle Podcast. One of the best around on Twitter, at Andrew underscore Garda. We'll step aside, come back to wrap up the show with our Leafs-Raptors Twitter poll. Who's more likely to make the finals? We'll wrap that up next here on Toronto Today. Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. Back to wrap up Toronto today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. I'm Andy McNamara as we get ready for the Labor Day weekend. Long weekend, last one of the summer. And don't forget, next Tuesday, September 4th, it's the return of Overdrive with Hayes, Noodles, and the O-Dog as we rapidly approach Maple Leafs training camp busy weekend we've got the dell technologies tournament and the fedex cup playoffs going on in golf you got tiger woods who going into this weekend we're thinking okay what uh what can we expect from tiger well not a great start for old tiger uh, finished two over the other day and he's uh well back but it's it's early it's early right we tiger can always bounce back we know that um uh, and then you look the blue jays in action back in action tonight against the uh, actually Tiger won over my apologies to Tiger. Uh, Blue Jays back in action. They're in South Beach to face the woeful Marlins. Aaron Sanchez on the hill. I have no confidence with all his troubles. And, and really, at this point, from a game to game standpoint, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter with the Blue Jays. What does matter is the Leafs and Raptors seasons that are coming up and the expectations at an all time high. Right, like when was the last time we had both of these teams at the same time with this high of an expectation? I don't think ever. Right, Raptors came around in what ninety five. Leafs were starting to tail off from their ninety two, ninety three, ninety three, ninety four conference final run. So it wasn't then. Raptors stunk for a long time. Then so did the Leafs. And really, with these two teams, it's never never really lined up like last year sort of but the expectations weren't for the Leafs to go to the conference finals now or finals now you sign John Tavares you're stacked up the middle at center and it's go time for the Raptors Messiah Jerry made his boldest move this is it this is either going to be a home run or nothing boom or bust for real with Kawhi Leonard on a one-year deal I think it's really for the Raptors 
man, they're either going to the finals or at least the Eastern Conference Finals, or that's it. And if Kawhi Leonard then leaves, it's rebuild time. But our question is, at TSN 1050 Radio on Twitter, at AndyMC81, is with the expectations at an all-time high, what is more likely to happen this season? Leafs make the cup final, Raptors in the NBA finals, Leafs and Raps make the finals, or neither make the finals at 40%, which is the leader. Leafs make the cup finals in second place, then Raptors in the finals, and Leafs, both the Leafs and Raps make the finals. Producer Joe Narsa, Joe, your parents, your parents talk out, Joe, clean your room. No. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> no one goes in there. Just close the door. <laughs> I feel I have to say that because if you're talking to Steve back there or whatever, it at least gets your attention. You know, I can hear you. Like these headphones well, I have on my head, they're not just there for looks. So if people walk in, like, oh, I think he produces. Agree to disagree. <laughs> agree, to agree, disagree. To, agree to disagree. That, that sounds like the <laughs> some of the Twitter conversations we've had over the, the past few like, weeks. Hypothetically, <laughs> I'm listening. This Let's is 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Last, oh man, we should have done a best of Toronto today. Today, the Lesco 2019 Twitter chirps were an all timer. Nothing like a politician using Donald Trump tweets. That's great. Which question was that about? Was that no, Neilander? Neilander. Yeah. Right. Oh, who to trade to get a top end defenseman? Right. Yeah. That's part of the package. How dare we ask questions? Yeah, that's the one that got over four thousand votes. And yeah. people are like, I don't, I don't like it. And it had like Gardner. almost like ninety responses, like individual responses, not even to like count like how many people like subtweeted it. Oh, the, the, the subtweet conversations that went completely off the rails from that tweet were endless. Yeah, people make full on enemies when you ask, should we oh. trade a player to get a defenseman for the Maple Leafs? And then my Twitter notifications blow up. I'm like, why am I still in this conversation? They're talking about like. Backup goaltending now. Like, it's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Right? I saw just... one guy who's like, and not to mention, Cascasuo is going to be a stud. It's like, what? And I'm like, wow, Wasn't... wow, you Where went are we? for that. <laughs> 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 what rabbit hole do we get through? We were just asking about Nylander, maybe the Leafs decor. Maybe. Something. Exactly. And people just so engaged and ready for the season. But neither making the finals is the most popular answer. Leafs in second. Leafs and Raps both making the finals. Like, Joe... Could you imagine the city if you're like, all right, Leafs make the cup finals, and then right after the Raptors are in the finals? Like the, around the, well, it's not the ACC anymore. Funny it enough, Scotia it, would something? Pro- it would probably be the opposite because the NBA, fi- NBA playoffs just go. Right? Like, oh, like you can have the second round start while the first round is yeah. still going. Depends how that goes. You're right. It could, it could be the other way. Yeah, because I've always, like when, I was, like, when I was younger, I always found it weird that. Like, that was kind of the case. Because the NBA season starts, I think, on Halloween. Doesn't it? Close to Halloween? Yeah. Like, in the middle to late of October. Yeah. And then, by the time you get to the Stanley Cup Finals, it's like, and you're NBA champion. And you're like, like, why are we still in the Eastern Conference Finals in the NHL? They started in the first week of, like, October. And they just have to, we just have to wait. Yeah. So, it would be the, if the Raptors are there, it would be the Raptors. I think they'd be first. Could you imagine? And then the Leafs. pandemonium. The, it, the la- I think the last time in the city where you had like two major league teams just falling out at the same time, and there are dip- it was obviously the start of one season when the Maple Leafs went on a 10-game winning streak in that 90, I guess it was 93-94 season, and then the Blue Jays were in the World Series. Like you had that, but they, they're obviously two different times of year, right? You had one season starting hot and the Jays in the World Series. But this would be both teams 
in the finals. Like, how how fun would it be to do radio then? Like, we what's this, the policy on like them winning and just calling in sick? Like, are, like would we be allowed? I like, think we'd want to be Do- on the air. Like, that would be the most fun. It would be a blast, but at the same time, you'd have to have like a little sense of. Like control, right? The night before, you know what? I, like yeah. for example, Leafs win the Stanley Cup, and I'm like, "Hey, Leafs, I wonder if anybody would be available tomorrow yeah. to join on the stage." And be like, no, no reply. Joe, we're compl- we're already hungover. You wouldn't even get a reply. It would just be like just thumbtacks, just like hashtags and from PR. It'd yeah, like, uh, PR would just smash all their phones, like, start stop. over the next day. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> it would be great though. Like for the city itself, what would it's, the poll questions be? It'd be like. Is everything great? Yes or yes? Yeah, exactly. And there'd be that one guy that's like, please, it's just one year. Now we yeah. have to like, this is the, this is why Toronto sucks because they can't think ahead what about, about the dynasty. Yeah, we want a dynasty. We had that tweet too, remember? It was like, yeah. well, if the Leafs win one cup, what about like two or three? It's like, can we can we have the problem of winning one? Yeah, please. Like my buddy who was like, I don't know who should be captain, but like, think about it. Like, imagine if no one was captain. Like, who's going to lift the Stanley <laughs> who's Cup? Who's going to lift the cup? Can I have? I want that problem. <laughs> yeah, like that's a great problem. Like, if I'll you're a Leaf, that. compared to like two, three, four, five, a decade ago, if you real thought as a Leaf fan, your biggest problem was who was going to lift the Stanley Cup first, you'd be like, "That's great. I don't care." Have Bettman skate around with the cup first. I don't care. I'm winning the freaking Stanley Cup. If you told me when P.A. Parento was on the top line for the Maple <laughs> Leafs, who led the Leafs in scoring with 15 goals and then yes. was traded, and everyone's like, oh, it's a good deal. Like, that's, uh, that's some good. And you told me that in three years yeah. from there, you're going to have probably the guy who's going to be the second best player in the world. John Tavares will come home to play for the Maple Leafs. The team will be solid up front, like stacked. Great goaltender. Your third line center is a third back-to-back 32-goal scorer. And the biggest problem you're going to have is thinking about if you win the Stanley Cup soon, if you don't have a captain who's going to lift it, I would say whatever you're on, go get that checked out because that's not good for you. That's bad juju, yeah. It's been ins- it's been a crazy ride. And that's the, f- I, that's the thing I've been thinking about the most lately. I think all of Toronto and everybody in sports, if you have a successful team, regardless of where they are, just take a step back. Forget about the salary cap. Forget about worrying yeah. about keeping. Pl- Just Enjoy. have fun. Enjoy like, that ride. It and makes if the you vibe. Win something. It's so much more. It's so much more comforting. Yeah, it makes the whole vibe of the city. Like if you're in a city with successful sports teams, like, you can just tell there's like a different bounce in people's steps. Like even casual sports fans or just people jumping on the bandwagon. Like think when the Jays were hot. You're walking around the city seeing Jays caps. Everyone's happy, right? Like it's just a better feel. We should put that out for a poll question. If you had, a, if PA Parento had to lift the cup first, would you sign on? Oh I bet God. you we'd have. I bet you we'd have a mixed, a mixed bag. I think we'd have more votes on that than we would <laughs> get on the William Nylander question and more angry tweets. People would be would say no. I trade no, no cup. No, but he'd no. be cap friendly, so he might work on the fourth line next year when Nylander <laughs> asks for too much money. PA Parento would have to be your captain, and lift the Stanley Cup, would you sign up? 100%. Yes or no? 100%. You would get a lot of no's. Like, it might be 40%. No. Brad Marchand and Saku Koivu and Daniel Alfredson could be co-captains and lift the cup together as long as they're wearing a Maple Leaf jersey. I couldn't care less. No. You could be the first person to lift the Stanley Cup, and I wouldn't care. It would, yes. Be great. Just hand it right to to, to Gary. Man. But we're at the Leafs. Second place in the poll is Leafs make the cup final. Raptors at 13%. And I think, Joe, the Raptors, 
have the easiest path. It's never going to be easy, but between them and the least the easiest path, but they also have the most unknowns. And that's where the question comes in. I don't think there's going to be an in-between for this Raptors team. You're either going to be lights out, Kawhi Leonard's going to come, and you're going to be like, I don't care if this guy opens his mouth ever if he's playing like this. Or you get injured or kind of just just be so-so, and the team's not going to do anything. I don't think there's an in-between here. I really don't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the team is at a crossroads, and mediocrity is not going to be an option only no. because... Everything hinges on Kawhi Leonard. This is the biggest. This was the biggest turn year for this Raptors organization, whether they had made the trade for Kawhi Leonard or not. Because mm-hmm. I think you were going to go down the exact same road, whether Demar Derozan was still in this lineup or not, because the Raptors had proven to have failed. They could LeBron do James it. has left. Yeah, they're in the same situation. If they had failed again, then they were going to get blown up. If they were successful, then they'd be stuck together. And I think they're going to have the same situation because I think if they're successful. Toronto becomes a legitimate option, being able to offer fifty plus million dollars with star power. If Kawhi, exactly. then like I think if you get as nice as it was that Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry resign, we like it. But in the eyes of the general NBA public in the U.S. league wide, they're seen, even though they're all stars, seen as tier two stars. They're not. They're not upper upper. But if you got Kawhi Leonard to come here this year, win the Eastern Conference. And then re-sign, all of a sudden, people can point to that and say, hold on here. These guys are winning. you got a legit stud re-signing. Okay. And in the Canadian angle for it, we saw it with the Jays before they uh, won the World Series. Like, no one's going to play in Toronto because of the dollar. They start winning. Oh, wait a minute. Now, now everyone's cool with the, the dollar that it's north of the border? If you win, it solves so much. And, and having a guy like Kawhi sign up? would just make a world of difference for the whole franchise. And people have criticized players now in the NBA finding probably the path of re- least resistance. If yeah, I join yeah. this team and there's these many guys Super on it, yeah, I have the best yeah. chance of winning. Well, the Toronto Raptors for the last six years, five, six years, have offered that opportunity every single year mm-hmm. because you only have to get through one team. And whether it was Boston or whether it was Cleveland, you didn't have to go through the Thunder the San Antonio no. Spurs, the Rockets, the Golden State Warriors. You could focus on one target. Exactly. And if the and to your point, if the Raptors are successful, not only do they have the opportunity of giving Kawhi Leonard more money, have the opportunity of having, yes, we have a great media center like hub here, and yeah, our media is tough, but it's nothing like the Lakers media. Or New York. Exactly. Or whatever. And then you can offer the fact that, look, Kawhi, you came here for one year, look what you were able to accomplish, let's get somebody else here and make Bring the path in. even less resistant. Yes. And then you're good. Then you're rolling, then you got something. So that's why I think the Raptors' path to the NBA Finals could be, if all goes well, Easier than the Maple Leafs. It just has so many unknowns. Well, that'll do it for us, folks. Have a great long weekend. Enjoy it as we get back into the full swing of things next week. So for producer Joe Narsa and Steve Eliopoulos, I'm Andy McNamara. Gareth Wheeler is up next. I'll be back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. for TSN 4 Downs right here on TSN 1050.